We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, Adam, is, it was another largely successful weekend on the diamond for the Brewers. They've gone and taken two out of three from the Philadelphia Phillies, who uh, have seemed to assert themselves as the top dog in the National League wildcard race. So they're, they're no slouches by any means. And then um, the Chicago Cubs went and split four games with the Cincinnati Reds, split a doubleheader on Friday, lost on Saturday, absolutely battered the Reds with one big inning on Sunday. But that puts the Brewers three and a half games ahead in the NL Central over the Cubs, six and a half over the Reds, and still in the driver's seat as we approach the stretch run. But before we talk about everything that happened over the weekend, Adam... How are you? I'm doing well, Andrew. Um, My voice is not doing so well. I don't quite know why, but apologies in advance to everyone for that. Let's see if it holds up the whole way through the pod. Um, Yeah, I'm doing well. Good weekend. Good weekend for the Brewers. Didn't get to see as much as I usually would, but boy, did I have fun with the few moments I did catch live. Um... I had a, a good weekend. I was in Brighton seeing Ireland's 
newest sporting superstar uh, really announce himself in the Premier League. And it was a, a weekend of celebration too. I, I think we should uh we should note up front for the GSPN crew as the boss man, as he insists we call him. Uh Ty Windish is now a happily married man. So congratulations to Ty. And uh yeah, it seemed like a great time. Unfortunately, we couldn't make it out there, but the whole Wisconsin arm of the GSPN crew seemed to have a really great time at Ty's wedding, and we couldn't be happier. Yeah, sadly, uh, you and I are too far east. You, you, you very east in comparison to uh, uh, I am Milwaukee. Quite east. Uh, me southeast and broke, so very tough uh, to make it out for such events. Uh, even though I am Mister Events, uh, the highlight clearly uh, everlasting love and matrimony, but low key sleeper of what seemed to be a joyous day was. Uh, the lost GSPN tapes that you know may never see the light of day, but they featured uh, Newmark singing "Everywhere" by Fleetwood Mac, and uh, Christine McVie uh, may God rest her soul, obviously passed in the last year. Or so, uh, if they need to go on tour for someone to sing "Everywhere," "Songbird," "You Make Loving Fun," I think we've got someone that could fill that void in a in a tribute world tour. I don't know about you, Adam, but uh, that's just where that's my main takeaway from Ty's wedding. I definitely would pay to go and see Newmark perform on stage with Fleetwood Mac. Oh, you and me both. Uh, before we get into the series, Adam, and once again, congrats to Ty um, uh, and his lovely wife. Uh, GSPN.info, the Eurostep, Win and Six podcast, Talk of the Tundra, make time for this, and Cruising for a Bruising, which you're listening to now. Um, there were some things that happened uh, in terms of the roster, Adam, we speculated and thought we were going to be disappointed and not see Robert Gasser and Tyler Black, and that is the case. Uh, first two moves for the September round of call-ups. Moves that uh, may well be temporary, as some other moves have happened as well. Owen Miller and Clayton Andrews. Um, Clayton Andrews, I thought, was going to be an up-and-back uh, when they had to name the starter for Saturday's game uh, as Adrian Hauser, obviously on the IL needed a replacement there Instead, JB Bukowskis was all option and Colin Ray was called and Colin Ray made that start. And we'll talk about that, but yeah, Owen Miller and Clayton Andrews, uh, the first two call-ups, uh, not really a surprise given what we psyched ourselves up for last episode. I would say it is a surprise because I think it's even more uninspiring than we were prepared. Were for. you thinking Toro? I, I well, I mean, look, that's one side of it. I wasn't thinking Clayton Andrews, um, so that was just I, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that really, other than he's a bullpen arm to kind of burn through, and maybe they haven't done that yet, and he's still there. I don't, I don't really know or wonder should we even feel too much about this so far. Um, oh Miller others. being, oh Miller being back, like. Maybe O Miller catches uh catches fire like he did earlier in the season, just out of the blue. I'm not entirely optimistic about that, but it would be very, very welcome if he did. Um he with a little bit of good fortune did get to play a part in a decisive moment in this series for sure. But yeah, it seems like I don't know, maybe even by the next time we go around the rotation, maybe they look to do something a little bit bolder in line with what we would have liked to see them do. 
they did also make a make a move outside of the organization, which I guess could factor into the into uh, the conversation in terms of we did talk a little bit about a third base being an area where maybe they were they were left wanting in terms of what they had there with Andrew Monasterio slumping a little bit. So I think there is a path to different guys coming and taking those spots very, very quickly, but certainly wasn't the kind of immediate trill. And to me is, is so far removed from the excitement we wanted. I really, I don't think this is going to kind of fully pivot to a place where we're likely to see, uh, Tyler Black, and I really think there is zero, zero chance that Jackson Cherio gets called up to the big league squad this year. Um, if this is the way the Brewers are working once the opportunity is available to them. So we'll we'll see where they go from here. I could probably take some guesses, but I guess that will lead into uh, our next topic of conversation, Andrew. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Excuse me, talk heavily about third base being uh, a position they could look look to upgrade, and uh, Andre Monasterio took that personally because he had uh, four hits in the series, even if he did have a over four day in the finale. Um, the Brewers have signed Josh Donaldson to a minor league deal, uh, veteran third baseman, thirty seven years old, uh, career uh, two sixty two three fifty nine four ninety one hitter, one thirty OPS plus first career in thirteen years at least parts of 13 seasons um had a tough go of it with the yankees the last two years played 132 games last year with a 94 ops plus and then this year uh injuries have been an issue only played in 33 games 120 played appearances uh 659 ops 75 ops plus uh and obviously a guy who uh has been rumored at times for his career to be uh an issue in the clubhouse, a uh, guy that uh, maybe rubs people the wrong way and can be a bit abrasive. Uh, I'm trying to find, uh, here we go. Uh, Matt Arnold <laughs> spoke to that <laughs> in uh, talking about him. Uh, so here's the first bit of those quotes, the, <laughs> the positives. Matt Arnold says, certainly you look at the pedigree of this guy and what he's accomplished in the game. I think that walking in the door, he has instant credibility and a presence that could help us. He comes in with an MVP. He's been a multiple-time All-Star, and we think he has a chance to help. Uh, he did make some comments about uh, he being a guy who has an edge to him in a good way and that they feel good about uh, their culture. And that uh, it's, you know, here's the full quote. Sorry, what I've heard about him is that he's a baseball rat. He loves the game and he loves to play. He probably has an edge to him, but I think in a good way. We also have a really, really strong culture here with the team. We believe in our group, and guys believe in each other, so we feel like we have a really strong foundation, and Josh Josh has the opportunity to help us. So that's him getting ahead of it, being like, I know, I know what you heard about this guy, but you know, we think we think it's fine. Uh, he's had a terrible year. Uh, from in reading uh, Yankees people, national people, it sounds. Sounds like the batted ball data is not necessarily lining up with his stats. He's still hitting the ball hard. Um, but, yeah, just don't know really what to make of this. It's kind of a low-risk situation from an on-the-field standpoint at the very least because we don't know anything about the dynamics of the clubhouse, actually, and, and what could factor in there. But if he doesn't hit in Nashville, if he doesn't 
gets to the Brewers and doesn't hit there, you kind of just wash your hands of it and he doesn't make the postseason roster. But yeah, just another one of those. I mean, we've seen it all season. Luke Voigt, Darren Ruff, not different positions, obviously, but uh, Jesse Winker, guys with track record counting on bounce backs and not one of them has worked out yet. Could even add Brian Anderson to that mix. And uh, yeah, it's the latest edition of that. I think the strong culture thing that Matt Arnold is talking to is completely irrelevant in this case because he's a 37-year-old guy who's been in baseball for a long time and has amassed significant status in the game. Uh, he's not going to all of a sudden become like warm and fuzzy because he's arrived at a good culture at this point. Like He is who he is and he thinks what he thinks and he carries himself like he carries himself as a professional ball player. Like that's... This is it's not a 25-year-old who just hasn't been in the right spot at that. So I I think that's kind of empty if there is any kind of concern there. Um yeah, the numbers are atrocious. I mean, about as bad as they could possibly be this year. Um, for me, I know probably one of the first things that really brought him to my attention in my first season as a baseball fan last year was um, the whole situation with Tim Anderson and his Jackie comments to Tim Anderson, which he was suspended a game for, I believe. Um, this may just all be entirely irrelevant because he's going to have to do something in Nashville to probably get the opportunity. Um, so far, over two with a walk in his first outing. And but... I want to. I was at the game yesterday. Also, a a ground ball to him that should have been ruled an error. That was ruled a hit. Smoked it, but like. You got to make that play if you're uh, a real third baseman. But anyway, continue. Yeah, well, I just it, it may not really matter at all. Um, but the one thing I will say, like, why did the Brewers do this? Why is Matt Arnold taking this flyer? It's a real beggars can't be choosers situation. Um, we're post trade deadline. The Brewers have a problem at third base. As much as I think we might like to see Tyre Black come and have have a shot at that and see, well, what can he do? Can that work out? If it's as simple as the Brewers think he's not ready and it would be detrimental to his development to send him up and put him in that spot right now, it's probably right not to do it. And then you're left to look at really what are a bunch of bad options and say, well, is there one of these that could turn out to be something good? This one could. Like, if he did rediscover something... This is a real hitter with pedigree. That just all seems to be gone now. It seems to be in the past. But with him being in Nashville for the time being, it's kind of there's damage limitation in effect already. Um, It just doesn't have to be anything that hurts the Brewers if he just doesn't show that he actually can hit. And if he can really hit, well, then a lot of those other problems may not even prove to be problems because... I think with how well the Brewers are playing, if they had a third baseman who's hitting really well added into that mix, uh, I think there would be a whole lot of winning and the vibes would be very good. So I guess we just have to wait and see. It's They're going to want to give him the opportunity, but he is also going to have to do something. It's kind of, it's his to lose, but he's also got to go and do something to just be pushed over the edge in the first place. But with any sign of anything, you've got to think he's going to be up with the Brewers. Yeah, I can't remember who who tweeted it. One of the national guys might have been Nightingale um, or Heyman. 
I can't remember, said something to the effect of the expectation was a two-week run in Nashville and then see what shakes out there. Yeah, might be something that we're talking about very positively in the next month. Might be something we're talking about super negatively in the next month. Might be a guy we don't talk about ever again, except to say he's gone. Uh, Other moves the Brewers made, they added two minor league outfielders, Chris Roller and Greg Allen. Uh, Roller via trade and exchange for cash from the Cleveland Guardians, and Allen was signed as a minor league free agent. Roller's 26, uh, 222 average, 12 homers and 47 RBI and 92 games with Columbus this year. Uh, played a few games this weekend uh, for Nashville and Durham as well. And, uh, yeah, has, has never played in the big leagues. Allen, 30, 30 years old, played 304 games in the big leagues. Um, best seasons in 2018-2019. Uh, played 22 games for the Yankees this year before being DFA'd. Um, so organizational depth for the minor league outfield. Um yeah, I don't think I have too much to add on that, and I don't, I don't imagine you would either. <laughs> I sure don't. Nothing. <laughs> All right. Um, shall we move ahead to the games at hand? Is there anything else that I missed in the uh, the weekly roundup, as they say, Adam? They being me in this case. I don't believe so. Maybe something will come back to us as we as we go through this. I guess. I, I think I guess... we're in the clear. I guess, as you mentioned uh, uh, off air, that I did uh, get some time uh, watching the sounds this weekend. Uh, saw Eric Lauer pitch uh, four and two thirds innings, five hits, three runs, all earned, three walks, eight strikeouts, three homers. Striking out guys early, allowed a homer to race prospect uh, Curtis Mead, uh, old friend Rymel Tapia, and uh, former Ray Francisco Mejia. So, uh, not a great outing for uh, Lauer. Saw uh, Tyler Black go one for four with a single in that game. Saw an Abraham Toro double. Uh, Chris Roller, who we just mentioned, had two hits. Jesse Winker uh, was supposed to start at first base, according to the lineup. I don't know if this was a planned thing, but he grounds into a double play in the first inning and then appears to be limping off the field, and I didn't see him again all weekend. So... Jesse Winker back to the IL. No decision has to be made. What are we thinking, Adam? I know you've got notifications set. <laughs> I know. Uh, I've pushed notifications on because it feels like we should have worried on this one way or another by now, and we haven't. As you said, maybe it just takes care of itself and that he's injured again, and uh, they don't have to worry about the length of his rehab assignment being exceeded because, hey, he could be back on the IL. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, if he is injured again, I feel bad for him, even though this may also be the thing that keeps him on the roster. So should I feel good for him? I I don't know. It's just, it's pretty weird and it's a pretty farcical situation, which for all the good this season is grim. We did have hopes when Winker was signed that, okay, if you get the version of him that was there in Cincinnati two years ago, right? Was that, it was the COVID year. Um, uh yeah i think that was uh a good year i think it was very good in 2021 as well and then he gets to seattle last year and everything falls off a cliff yeah we, we hope you get the old version of him and would be a big boon for the brewers as a dh would be nice to get that but also at this point who cares like it's just it's not needed santana is doing 
a really, really great job back in the mix. Marcano's doing a really great job. Contreras will DH some. Rowdy's DHing some. And like, if we're going to have a lefty who isn't having their best year on the roster, do I want it to be Rowdy Telez or do I want it to be Jesse Winker? I definitely want it to be the guy who can play a defensive position and I actually do think has some big hits left in him. So it it really like it just it doesn't matter here. It just doesn't matter. But it's it's something we keep having to talk about because I don't know, he keeps getting hurt and finding ways to stay around, I guess. Adam, Mark Hanna has a 130 OPS plus in 110 plate appearances for the Brewers. 295 He's average. Pretty three, good. 382 OBP, 463 slug, three homers, 17 runs driven in. We, we just you just love to see it. Uh Yes, that was uh, the last thing I had. I, I did go to the finale yesterday as well. Uh, Jansen Junk on the mound. Curtis Mead hit another homer. Um, Monte Harrison hit a game-tying double early, and then the Bulls uh, really tacked things on and ended up uh, uh, winning 6-2. to two. Uh, I think Jansen Junk um, allowed five runs, four of them were in six hits. I uh, got to see Fernando Abad uh, coming in relief. Uh, Daryl Thompson, Tiago Vieira, uh, Peyton Henry uh, had a couple hits, as did Monte Harrison. Uh, Abraham Toro swiped two bases. Uh, so there was that. But anyway, uh, not Black too much. Was, was bad, as I think you put it to me off air, which um, I'm, not, I'm not looking to like uh, kick a prospect we're interested in by bringing that up, but just... I guess it is relevant because if you had seen him and he was absolutely like blasting the ball to all corners of the ballpark, well, he'd probably be on the Brewers right now, but he, in light of recent events, wasn't looking at his best either. Um, no, didn't look great. He did have the, the one single in Saturday's game. Um, but didn't the bats I saw, on uh, Sunday didn't look great. I think there were a couple strikeouts mixed in there. And it's every time um, like this happens, it's like I'll br- bring someone to a game and they'll just ask me, like, all right, who who matters on this team? Anytime I do that, the player that I'm there to see has a really bad game. Uh, you know, it started with Chorio. Uh, there have been others mixed in. Yeah, he was 0 for 4 with a strikeout on uh, Saturday. His OPS and... Uh, Nashville right now, 689. So still figuring out the level. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, uninspiring call-ups notwithstanding, uh, <laughs> maybe the guys seeing him every day know a little bit more about whether or not he's ready than I do. But, um, you know, uh, optimism still high. Although, you know, I would have liked to see Toro as the call-up. He's out here just taking bases for fun now. So that was, uh, that was nice to say. Uh, had a really nice moment where, you know, he had a, it, not quite a it was a catch but like Sal Free like over by the net area kind of bouncing off it ball hits the top of the wall and then uh he made a pitch perfect throw over the net to a kid with a baseball glove uh to give him a souvenir so you know really heartwarming on a Sunday afternoon we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. But anyway, Brewers versus Phillies. Uh, Freddie Peralta on the mound against Zach Wheeler. A, a matchup of guys that miss bats, and oh, did they miss bats. Combined for 20 strikeouts, 10 apiece for Zach Wheeler and Freddie Peralta. Kyle, Kyle Schwarber leads off the game with a home run to right. Uh, if he could just stop doing that, that'd be great. Uh, in the fourth, Willie Adams answers with a three-run homer to make it 3-1. to one. Freddie Peralta, once again, excellent. Six innings pitch, two hits, just the one run to lead off the game for Schwarber. No walks, 10 strikeouts. And uh, he won NL Pitcher of the Month for August. I know this game came in September, but continuing his August form, uh, Freddie Peralta doing Freddie Peralta things. He'll pitch against Pittsburgh this week as as well. And uh, the clear shape of 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 this knock on wood postseason rotation is lining up for what we know it could be and a. Big, big key to that is Freddie Peralta just continuing to look like he's looked for the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, looking great, piling up strikeouts. It's it's really the version of Freddie you want to see. I think it's really kind of crucial to the Brewers, not just in this run-in, but it's like, okay, well, if they're going to be a playoff team like we hope they will be, you know what you're going to get out of Corbin Burns. You know what you're going to get out of Brandon Woodruff. It's like, can Freddie just be someone that you're ultra, ultra confident in at that point as um, a big-time starter in a playoff setting where it may come down to you need Freddie Peralta to have the goods to um, deliver a series win for you. I think, I think Freddie right now looks like he'd be very much up to those kind of challenges and he'd revel in it. So 
I mean, this is the kind of game against real quality um, opposition that you got to be very, very happy with seeing Freddie go out there and put up. And as you rightly say, it's it's not kind of a it's not a rare occurrence at this point. We're seeing this very, very frequently from over the past, I guess, probably two, two and a half months, even at this point, he's, he's really picked things up a notch. He sure has. Um, this game would uh, really pop off in the eighth inning. Uh, Yo, Piamps on the mound for the Brewers. And we've talked a lot about workload and him and Pagaro uh, in particular, uh, Piero hit a wall seemingly a few weeks ago. Has since recovered and starting to move past it. Seems like Piamps has reached that point in this season. And obviously he's facing off against uh, a good lineup. In the eight, uh, walks Alec Baum's lead off the inning. JT Ramuto follows that with a single. Brandon Marsh singles to cut the Brewers lead down to three to two. Uh, after getting uh, two outs in the inning, uh, Devin Williams comes on. And the first batter he faces is Trey Turner. Uh, with two runners on Turner homers to make it five, three um, world baseball classic trade Turner apparently has made a return uh, to the Phillies lineup over the course of the last few weeks. Uh, like we said, Adam, the, the Phillies fans uh, and their positivity really seems to have uh, given them a jolt. And that's not a world I want to live in. I don't want to live in the world with positive Philadelphia Phillies fans, especially if it works. Uh, do you have anything to add there? I mean, uh, just for the Phillies fans, you think that if, Tough to try it long before now. Um, maybe gentle encouragement rather than uh, you know, booze and batteries. And Philadelphia as a city could have much more championships, but they just this once they decided to try it, and yeah, so far the returns have been uh pretty pretty good for Trey Turner and the Phillies. The end to this game was very very fun. I did get to watch the the final kind of two and a half innings of this live. And Andrew, I mean, did I have a good time throughout all of it? No, there were ups and downs. But did I ultimately have a great time? Yes, I did. Playoff atmosphere again. We talked about that uh, in the Cubs series. And now NM fam against a playoff contender in the Phillies, a team that was in the World Series last year. Brewers fans were there and excited, it seemed like. I would love to be there myself. In the eighth, down 5-3 after losing their 3-1 lead and the, the disastrous top of the eighth inning. The Brewers claw back themselves. Andre Monasterio leads off with a single against Jose Alvarado. Uh, Christian Yelich uh, grounds into a fielder's choice, beats it out, and avoids the double play there. William Contreras follows with a single. Carlos Santana draws a walk. Uh, against the lefty, Craig Council elects to uh, pinch hit Tyron Taylor for South Freelick. And this was just a great at bat from Tyron Taylor. Goes down one to two in the count and then battles back to draw a walk of his own. Uh, that would score Christian Yelich to cut the lead to 5-4. Uh, Phillies opt to bring in Jeff Hop- Hoffman out of the bullpen, the right-hander. Strikes out uh, Willie Adamas. And then Owen Miller steps to the plate. Uh, 5-4 game. Two outs. Uh, Owen Miller grounds the ball t- to uh, Alec Baum's right. Alec Baum trying to backhand snare the you know, relatively easy ground ball. Instead lets it go through. Carlos Santana scores. Tyrone Taylor scores. Uh, William Contreras scores. Brewers all of a sudden go from down five to four to up seven to five. Uh, Joey Weimer walks, Bryce Strang strikes out to get out of the inning, but just a wild eighth inning for both the visiting team and the home team that sees the Brewers come out of that with a lead. 
pure chaos. And I think the only thing we messaged to each other were just like 15 strings of ha uh, as we watched what it unfolded. Yeah, just that. I mean, you talk about the playoff atmosphere. You get that atmosphere. Sometimes weird and crazy things happen. Um, that certainly was the case here. And it's just it's delicious. When you're the beneficiary, there's nothing better. Um, if we'd been on the other side of that, I think we would still be reeling from it. It was a really, really easy play at third base. Um, I don't think I've seen too many of those this season. In Brewers games, kind of get away from a third base and get under him like that. And, I mean, Bums just his body language and everything. It was like there's a moment of disbelief, then just sheer resignation, maybe a bit of shame thrown in there, Andrew. It was it was quite a sight to behold. And we've got to shout out Tyrone Taylor, who had a terrific slide at the plate um, to make sure that the third run got over yes. as well. So good Superman. work from him coming in as a pinch hitter, um, taking his walk, which, I mean, listen, walks were being handed out pretty generously, but take your walk and then come on. And yeah, you know what? Part of the reason you bring Tyron Taylor into a game at that point is if he gets on, He's one of your better runners, and you love to see that real kind of because I do think that that was the kind of that's the sledgehammer blow, the one that really demoralizes him further because Bomb could make that error, and okay, it's cost you, but we're still we're still just within reach. Just adding that little bit of an extra cushion, I think, is ultimately what meant the Brewers could see this one out. So uh, I think big big credit to Tyrone Taylor for that slide at the home plate. I agree completely. Alec Baum ranks 27th in baseball and outs above average. He would have his redemption arc on Sunday with the bat, but uh, does not look great out there when he's playing defense. Um, Brewers would uh, send Devin Williams back out for the ninth. He would uh, get through that after allowing the homer in the, the previous inning. Brewers win 7-5. to five. Uh, bringing it on to game two of this series, Aaron Nola on the mound against Colin Ray. Um, once again, Kyle Schwarber leads off the game with a homer. And, and again, I ask, could you just not, Kyle Schwarber? Although, I am willing to make a trade, Adam, that if the Brewers win every game, Kyle Schwarber hits a leadoff homer against them. I can deal with that momentary blip of uh, unhappiness. Um, in the second, JT Romito adds a homer of his own to make it 2 nothing. The Brewers... Claw back in the bottom of the second, get their first run on a Bryce Terang single to score Mark, Mark Canna. Mark Canna just getting his mail on the base pass nowadays when he's not hitting home runs. Uh, Tyrone Taylor continues uh, to make an impact. Doubles to left to score Terang to make it 2-2. Christian Yelich follows with a single to make it 3-2, scoring Tyrone Taylor. Colin Ray, in his return to the Brewers, goes four and a third, uh, three hits, Two runs, they were both earned on the solo homers, six strikeouts. Uh, Andrew Chafin uh, would come in on in relief of Ray, provide a scoreless inning. Uh, no hits, no walks, no runs, and a strikeout, 11 pitches, seven strikes. That was uh, something I'm not sure we expected to see, but we'll take it and bank it when we can get it. In the fifth, the Brewers uh, start scoring some more Carlos Santana homers to right with William Contreras on base, and they get 5-2, Mark Canna. Follows that with a double to right to score Willie Adamas. That makes it 6-2. And then Bryce Terrain finishes off the scoring in the fifth with a single of his own to make it 7-2. Uh, Brewers up 7-2 uh, in the sixth inning. 
Trey Turner once again homer smeg at 7-3. In the eighth, things will get a little more hairy. Uh, Nick Cassiano's sacrifice fly scores Trey Turner to make it 7-5. And then in the ninth, Devin Williams again uh, getting into a little bit of trouble and uh, having to pitch his way out of it. Elvis uh, Pagero had provided two-thirds scoreless. Hobie Milner um, pitched a third of an inning and allowed a run. It was not earned. Uh, So the bullpen obviously has been so, so good all year. Um, and then in, in this instance, the offense picked them up and they had enough of a cushion that when things didn't go super well, they were still able to, to pit, uh, get their way out of trouble. So in that night with Devin Williams on with a seven to four lead, uh, Alec Baum lines out JT Romero singles walks Brandon Marsh, uh, gets a ground out by cave to get two outs in the inning infield single for Schwarber scores run to make it seven, five, and then Trey Turner strikes out to end the game. So no harm, no foul. Uh, rocky moments late, but the Brewers offense did enough, especially in that four run fifth inning to extend the lead out and, uh, get the job done. Any notable takeaways from this game, Adam? Um, not really. I mean, one thing I'm thinking about, we, uh, we've done something I think we've never done before, which is we forgot to talk through the master brewer later, but before we start recording this podcast, um, mm-hmm. one debate I'm now ready to have with you on air on this is. Like it's a weird Devin Williams series. He gets two really consequential saves, um, allowing an earned run in each game. Not like him, but then such high leverage situations. The atmosphere was really frenetic. I guess ultimately, what you ask your closer to do, like there's, there's being a closer for your own individual numbers where you're just putting up zeros, you're putting up zeros, and there's being a closer that you're just going out there and you're making sure your team wins baseball games. And I guess that's what Devin Williams did here, even if it wasn't the most electric kind of back-to-back nights that we've ever seen from him. Is there more to that? No, not really. I'm I'm doing what I can here. I'm giving you all that's left of my voice, Andrew. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't pretty, but they won the game. And at the end of the day, that's the 76th win in the win column. And you take it and you ride on to Sunday. Uh, I guess, I guess, how do you, how do you gray that out for Devin? For, I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to give him a beer for it. I don't think we should just because the level he set is his standards to. But I also think it's like a, a sign of just like his, fortitude and i don't i'll i I say character but like just like his ability to bounce back from allowing the three-run homer the night before and then come out and things start to go poorly again you face the guy that you gave the homer to and then you adjust and you move on and you get the job done so i think it's a feather in devin's cap and something that just shows uh that he can how special he is as a player because when it's it's going poorly and it's you know you're you're taking a hit to your numbers you still didn't have to be removed from the game yeah i I think that's fair i mean it's even it's because that coming in in the eight for that one out and then immediately giving up that tree run homer and then the reset but i i do think that is like that's almost what marks out Devin as Devin Williams. The ability to be an elite closer is to be able to just shake that off, reset, and go back to, okay, I'm the best closer in baseball, and we're not losing this game. Um, so, 
yeah, I I agree. I I don't think we can give him a beer, but I also kind of feel like this is a really strong example of what makes Devin Williams Devin Williams and how he thrives in these situations. And we've seen a lot less of it, which I'm grateful for this year than last year. But we used to talk quite a lot about how it was basically like Devin, you know, didn't feel alive until he put himself in a real jam. And it's good to know that he can still generally get out of that, even against great competition and with the stakes being very high. If it goes to show you like how I felt about it in the moment, you know, I'd been at the sounds game, uh, gotten home for the second half of this game. I'm sitting, sitting on my couch with my dogs and he gets Trey Turner in the game. And I just like fist pump to nobody, uh, sitting on my couch. So, uh, he definitely made me feel alive at that moment. Um, yeah, good call out there. Also, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see if the uh, some some rest can be bought for some of the bullpen uh, over the next few weeks because it, it does seem like like Zoe Pyam just workloads getting there, and something that may have been in Craig Council's mind in Game Three of this series as we turn the page to the final game of the series. Wade Miley on the mound against Ranger Suarez. Uh, this one <laughs> starts off uh, a little better than the uh, Kyle Schwarber games. Uh, yet it doesn't end in the the way that we want it to. Uh, Christian Yelich gets the day off from starting. Mark Canna leading off after he records an out uh, in the bottom of the first. William Contreras homers to make it one nothing Brewers. Mark Canna uh, then homers in the third to make it two nothing. Wade Miley for his part excellent six and a third, four hits, four runs all earned, three walks and two uh, uh four uh, three walks, four strikeouts, two homers, and uh. Allows the first run in the sixth inning on a Nick Cassiano double, uh, buckles himself back in and gets out of that inning. And then in the, I guess the defining moment of this game is the, you know, kind of the offense receding back into its shell and not being able to uh, get the big hits when they need it, especially in the bottom of the seventh. But the real story that I'm sure everyone's talking about afterwards is uh, Craig trying to steal an extra inning for Wade Miley. Uh, obviously working very efficiently with his pitch count with a tired bullpen. But that being said, after getting out of that sixth inning uh, with the Bryce Harper ground out, for me, it felt like job well done, Wade Miley. Let's kind of cut our losses there. Go to Admi Rebe, go to Elvis Pagaro, uh, Bryce Wilson, somebody to to start that seventh. Instead, leaves Miley out there. Alec Baum leads off the inning with a homer to make it 2-2. JT Romuto homers to make it 3 2. The Phillies lead uh, is gone at that point. Strikes out Braggson Stott and then walks Kristen Pache. Then Abner Rebe comes on, uh, gets a ground out, uh, then walks Kyle Schwarber and then Trey Turner singles to make it 4 2. So all those runs going to uh, to Wade Miley there, who, who started the seventh and obviously got one out in the seventh and the walk into this day. Abner strikes out Nick Cassianos to get out of the inning, but it's 4 2 Philly by that point. And, uh, yeah, uh, just the game turning all there with uh, maybe trying to get a little more out of Wade uh, than you normally should in that situation. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, definitely, definitely a mistake. Uh, I think it had started to get just a little bit looser where I, I understand the bullpen has been stretched a little bit more and you've been in close games and you're like, can I steal one? But I don't know that's the right idea here when it's just started to turn for Wade Miley. And even with Wade Miley, he's a guy who we've kind of complimented his remarkable ability to come back quickly from injuries. He's had multiple injuries this season too, and you certainly don't want one at this time. So I'm generally of the opinion when he's kind of, if he's put in uh, six good innings and right at the end of that, it's just started to get just a little bit off. Uh, you, you know, slap him on the back and say, that's great six innings, Wade, and you hand it over to the bullpen. And I, I do think if, if Council had done that here, the Brewers would have walked away with a sweep of the Phillies. It's not disastrous or anything close to that. Um, but I, I do think it was a mistake. It was a mistake, and uh, Wade Miley ended up wearing it, and it ended up costing the Brewers the game. But these things happen, and it's also worth noting once again, as we we have even, I think when you, when you look at a lot of the, the pitching lines and even some of the Brewers' better relievers not having their best series in this one, uh, the Phillies are really good, and their lineup, like features some of the more notable hitters you're going to have to go up against in the National League every year. So that may also just be a factor here and all of it is, uh, yeah, Phillies are good. Let's not just frame it as, you know, oh, pitchers not having their absolute best outings. I mean, that can happen when you're facing hitters who are of a really, really high quality. And obviously the likes of Trey Turner, and his resurgence kind of goes right to the top of that. But someone like Kyle Schwarber is a great example of um, the kind of hitter who just is not a lot of fun to face. Even in uh, the one game where he didn't um, lead off with a home run, this game four, he had three walks. Like the Phillies have a team that uh, can pack some real punch offensively and causes problems for pitchers. And with that, that would have been all the more reason for me to be like, okay, Wade just doesn't look like he's exactly at his best at this moment. He's just done his job. Let's get him out of there. But I get where Craig is gambling. I just think it's it's one he lost in this case. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's one in the moment uh, where I'll be honest with you, Adam. I was this. I was at the Sounds game watching this one on my phone, and I I gritted my teeth pretty hard uh, at the JT Romito homer. And well, you know, t- tapped into a rational, um, uh, my irrational fan brain, which, as you know, often comes out uh, in private. 
Uh, and that then ball, I, that ball, by the way, was crushed. Yeah, I mean, it, it was four forty-three feet. Okay, I hadn't seen any numbers on it, but that felt like one of like certainly to straight out the center and Amfam one of the hardest hits um, we have seen this year for a home run. Yeah, um, and in that moment, lead going away, Wade Wade's nice day uh, tarnished to a degree. Uh, I you know I was gritting my teeth, I was angry, I had I had to center myself, and how did I center myself? I thought. Alec the Butcher Bomb gave you a gift uh, <laughs> a few days ago. So you just kind of got to you gotta be zen about it. And while it's annoying and a little bit of a missed opportunity to come out of this with a four-and-a-half game lead over the Cubs, one that you have to chalk up to one you just have to go damn it and move on, I think, is how I <laughs> reacted after the momentary bit of insanity where my brain short-circuited. Uh, and that was the game. There was no, no more scoring after that. The Brewers, uh, would put runners on, I believe in the bottom half of this inning, uh, and not be able to, to muster up anything. Matt Strom, um, coming in for the Phillies, uh, for a bit seemed to not have any command, uh, walked to, uh, and the Brewers were unable to cash in, uh, Owen Miller, <laughs> Owen Miller drew a walk, so that tells you that Matt Strom uh, was really lacking his command there. Mark Canna walked, so that put two on with no out. William Contreras deep fly out the center, like you mentioned, the part of the ballpark where we don't see balls <laughs> go out unless they're s- smoked. Uh, I mean, if, if we were talking about a three-run home run there, that's kind of another razor's edge moment in this game. Instead, it's a fly out. Owen Miller tags up and heads to third. And then Mark Canna still second after Carlos Santana strikeout. So you've got runners on second and third, two outs. Willie Adamas pops up. And that was uh, really mostly the last threat the Brewers would have. They'd get Joey Weimer on base um, on a uh, throwing error by Trey Turner with Jose Alvarado pitching in the eighth. But that would not lead to anything. And then in the ninth, uh, Yelich strikes out, Canna singles, Contreras flies out, Santana strikes out to end the game. Brewers did get uh, another scoreless bit of relief from uh, Andrew Chafin, and then Bryce Wilson pitches around a hit and a walk in the ninth uh, to get them to the bottom of the ninth with uh, still a shot at the game, but it was not to be. Brewers lose 4-2, to two, take 2 out of 3 for the Phillies, and uh, what was ultimately a positive series and, and one that seemed very fun to be in the ballpark on uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, sure it is. All right, we're moving on to the Master Brewer leaderboard, which we have not talked about. So we're going to do this live and in the moment. I'm going to list off the guys that I have in stone. You tell me if I missed anyone, and we'll go from there. This is how the sausage is made, people. Freddy Peralta? Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, Wade Miley still. Okay. Accept, accept or reject. If you're, if you've, okay. if you got a no, strong, okay. Strong... I think, I, I think he did his job, and he would have, he should have been out of there at a point where he'd be getting a beer, and Craig put him back out there, and it goes wrong. So, I mean, he, he gave six beer worthy innings, and then the seventh became a problem that really he shouldn't have been in. So yeah, okay, I'm, I'm with Jim Wade. Um, William Contreras. Yes. Carlos Santana. Yes. Um, 
Andre Monasterio. Yes. Uh, and Mark Canna. Yes. Is there anyone I've left out there? There's, I, there's one. I, Go ahead. Go on. Well, I I just would be open to Tyrone Taylor, who had hits in the two games he started. He was not great overall the series, um, but I think hits in those two games and then that impact he made as a pinch runner, as I said earlier, or as a pinch hitter, um, turned runner, I think really was crucial to winning game one. Um, I would also probably give Hobie Miller a beer and drum roll please oh i know i know where this is going andrew chafin has earned himself a beer he has i agree with you i agree with you on all counts um now i just need to figure out who i have not added in the listen <laughs> people can uh, hear the updated leaderboard uh, well they can't hear it they can read it by yeah. signing up to the substack gspn.substack.com um, but they're they're the awardees for master brew points for this week. Here's what I'll do. I'll update uh the uh top uh like the top of the top, and then you can get the rest on the sub stack. But Devin Williams leads the way with 30. William Contreras behind him at 28, Christian Yelich 26. So that's like these are the guys that in the last few weeks will be competing for the top spot. Um but yeah, live and on the fly, you know. Uh me and me and Adam were just go, go, go all weekend. Adam was having to see uh, a future national hero for, of his uh, just Honestly, really assert himself. Current national hero at this point, <laughs> and, you know, don't know a whole lot to, to hang on to an 18 year old score in Premier League hat tricks. Uh, you know, it's it's build a statue type. Um, and hey, they can be, he can cement that this week if he wants to, you know, outduel Mbappe and then the Netherlands after that. But that's a different podcast for a different time. Uh, shall we look ahead, Adam? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Monday, September 4th, today. Happy Labor Day. Uh, we are a pro yeah. labor baseball podcast, uh, which is a line that uh, one of my favorite podcasts from The Athletic uses as well. And we're going to join them on that. We're now the second pro labor baseball podcast. Uh, 535 Central Start. Corbin Burns against question mark, according to what I've had. Uh, Tuesday, September 5th, 535 Central Start. Brandon Woodruff against question mark. Wednesday, uh, 1135 Central Start. Freddie Peralta against Mitch Keller. Then an off day on Thursday. And then the Brewers will head to New York for three against the Yankees before returning home on September 11th to face the Marlins. Uh, standings look good. Three and a half game lead over the Cubs. Um, six and a half game lead over the Reds. It would be uh, really nice to squash the Pirates like a bug. And, uh, you know, do some stuff there as the Cubs enter a stretch of their schedule where they're playing a lot of their uh, wild card uh, rivals mm -hmm. one after the other. They got uh, coming up here. They've got three with the Giants, and then four with the Diamondbacks. So a seven game stretch that is not easy and very important uh, in terms of the wild card race. Yeah, we couldn't have asked for too much more than a series win for the Brewers this weekend to coincide with a series split between the Reds and the Cubs. Shout out to the Reds um, for putting up 15 runs on the Cubs yesterday. 
Or no, the Cubs up 15 but, runs yeah, in the Reds. Yeah, the Cubs, so. uh, that game was tied 7-7. Seven to seven. Well, show, show the it Cubs... to the Reds for, you know, doing their part before that and ensuring the Cubs couldn't gain any ground. The the, uh, the Cubs scored, so it wasn't 7-7. Seven seven. The Cubs scored seven runs in the eighth and three in the ninth. <laughs> and I think the game was tied going into that. So the Reds, you know, their walk-off win uh, when I was cursing their name on uh, Friday night, I believe it was. Uh, and then uh, the win on Saturday was, you know, is uh, as much as I could ask for, two one-run one wins. So game was on a razor's edge, and, and now they'll host the Mariners. And uh, we thank the Reds for their service and then now ask the Mariners to squash them like a bug so we don't even have to think about them anymore. Yeah, thank you, Reds. Andrew is going to eat some of your famous chili live on camera at some point. That's a thank you for your service. Uh. If if they had swept, I would have done that. If they had four games swept, I would live stream me eating Skyline chili and trying not to puke into this trash can next to me. I How like, you doing, Adam? You got anything I'm you do- want to talk about? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Uh, I like the question marks facing Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Um, seems like a great way to be positioned for a series of the Brewers. I don't know. I haven't actually been all that up on the Pirates for quite a few months now, so I don't know how reflective of, you know, their situation that is. Are we going to see some, you know, to continue going with what you've been going? Are we going to see some bugs come up to get squashed? Who can who can tell? Um, I like the times of those games. They're quite friendly for me, so I'm looking my, forward uh, to that. My Fangraphs roster grid says Luis L. Ortiz today for Pittsburgh and Andre Jackson tomorrow. So don't know too much about those guys, uh, but uh, that's what that's what Fangraphs is telling me. So we'll see. Well, what I'm going to tell you, Andrew, is the Brewers need to sweep the Pittsburgh Pirates. Anything else is a disappointment and uh, a failure. So this is it. You've done everything to get to this point and have your own destiny well within your your control um this really could be a stretch now where you just pull away and you don't have to have a really stressful end to the season where you can put yourself in position to win the division in commanding fashion and then focus on trying to make some noise in the playoffs because yeah i think you've got to see the pirates when you've got Burns, Woody, and Peralta as your your pitchers for that series. And if you do that, you never know what the Giants might be able to do for you against the Cubs. And there really, really could be quite some distance opened up. It's it's in play. So don't let any part of this opportunity slip, Brewers. I, I think it's, it's time to go and just uh, sweep the Pirates. Luis Ortiz, a 5.08 ERA in 62 uh, innings this year. Andre Jackson uh, seems like an opener situation based on his numbers this year. Oh, no, he's had some. His last two starts, he's gone a little deeper. Uh, pitched three scoreless against the Brewers August 5th. I've blocked that out of my mind, apparently. But anyway, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's your your latest update from Andrew Googles the pitchers in real time. I, you know what we need? We need uh, Christian Yelich to deposit another ball in the Allegheny. That's what, that's what we need. Our Rowdy Tellez, he's done that too. Let's let's see some balls in the Allegheny crew. 
Oh, that, that would that would be a beautiful sight. Um, I'm I'm here for baseballs in rivers. All right, I think that does it for us for this episode. As always, thanks to all of you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It's cruising for a bruising. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. That's the Eurostep Podcast Network. The main feed, home to all things Milwaukee books. Talk to Tundra for everything Green Bay Packers. And make time for this for more from Andrew and I on pop culture, movies, and other things. I promise you, I don't always sound like this. If this is your first time listening. We appreciate you sticking out to the end. Congratulations once again to Mr. Ty Winch and his lovely wife. Until the next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>